0: Nicholas Backstrom is stepping away from hockey. Your Locked On
1: Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals and comment anything down below. The Capital season has started, and I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one on one. And we can do that on Subtext. Just check the show description. For more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on to get started. So in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the big news. That Nicholas Backstrom is stepping away from hockey and the Capitals. What was ultimately behind that? We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about who will replace him. If you listen to this program today, I had a podcast out about the uh, possibility of Connor McMichael. He seems to be a perfect fit. Will he be the answer for the Capitals? And then a little bit later, we will talk about what is behind the Capitals' recent winning after a rough start. But in today's episode, we have Keith Leonard on the show from RotoWire. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. So what were your thoughts when you heard from the press conference this morning or maybe it was a beat writer covering the Capitals, what were your thoughts when you heard that Nick Backstrom was stepping away from the Caps and hockey?
1: Well, I I think Caps fans everywhere had the same reaction which was oh my.
0: Um, you
1: know, it's it's not hard to you know sort of <laughs> to wonder exactly how this came about so quickly. Um, I, I think it, after his hips sur- resurfacing surgery last year, everybody knew that, you know, the time for Backstrom was going to be coming to an end at some point in the next few seasons. And it, it was certainly a possibility that at some point this season that he was going to have to at least sit, you know, a game here and a game there just to sort of maintain over the course of a long 82 game schedule but to have him step aside so quickly just 8 games into the season uh was a bit i think kind of a shock to to everybody and possibly even to to backstrom himself um but it's clear that you know something wasn't right with him um he had one assist in 8 games which is a, a much lower than what he's been able to do historically um he he looked okay in the preseason but that may have just been that he was playing against, you know, a mixture of NHL and AHL caliber players and you know that environment sort of masked some of the deficiencies that that he may have still had but it was clear to me watching him that he had, had while his hands were still there the hockey IQ is still what you'd come to expect that the foot speed just isn't there and um you know the NHL edge stats um provided by the league sort of bear that out he, he's his really lost a step and that that part of his game has not returned and i think it's just it got to a point where it, 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 as you mentioned on when you on your thoughts when the news broke earlier that the, the writing was sort of on the wall for him and that he felt it was just time to step aside um, and reevaluate and see where is moving forward um you know i know they have not formally announced this is not a formal announcement of retirement and he is Certainly, the door is open for him to return. It's difficult for me at this point to see that happening. This, this this surgery that he underwent last June was a bit of a Hail Mary. He's one of three NHL players that's had it. He's the only one who's really mounted much of a comeback. I mean, Joe Manoski did, but it didn't last long. But I think Backstrom's return was even shorter. And, of course, Ryan Kessler, the third one, never returned at all. So if this didn't work, it's not clear to me. And you know, if this didn't work after a full off season of, of rest and training and conditioning and the fact that the capitals have had a pretty light schedule, the first couple of weeks of the season, if it's not right now, it's hard to envision how he's really going to be in a position to return. Although I'm sure the capitals hope that that will happen. And so, um, But this is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of components to this. The the most significant one probably being sort of the, the emotional part of all this alongside Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom has been the, like the foundation of the Capitals franchise for the better part of two decades. He is second all time in, in league history or excuse me, in team history with in games played. He leads the team in all time and assists. He is second only to Alex Ovechkin in points. Um, he is very much, I think, on the Mount Rushmore of Washington Capitals players in, in the history of the franchise. And the the prospect of no longer having him is a significant change and really kind of, in, in my opinion, kind of changes the narrative a bit around this team, which had been we're still competing hard to win another championship during the Ovechkin era. But with Backstrom already potentially out of the picture, November 1st, 2023 could go down as a very significant sea change in the tenor of this franchise.
0: And it's going to be interesting. I think this was toughest on Alex Ovechkin, of course, as we know, uh, he was his right-hand man and assisted on more uh, Alex Ovechkin goals than anyone else. So it's got to be a tough thing for him. Um, But the one thing I want to say about uh, Nick Backstrom is I'm happy that he did it and he didn't leave it up to Brian McClellan or Spencer Carberry, you know, making him a healthy scratch that he saw that he wasn't up to it. And, you know, the difficult thing is we saw progress with him uh, during the summer where he was skating at home in Sweden. And it seems like things were going along so well. And he came in to uh, camp here in the fall and he seemed to be doing well. It's just that he never showed up on the score sheet. At what point during this early season, did you notice something was a bit off with him? Well, it wasn't a specific moment. It's
1: just that. The the overall picture didn't look right. I I think if, if, if if there was a single moment that made you think, okay, maybe there really is something off here. It's when they moved him off the top power play unit a couple of games ago, because you don't need a lot of foot speed to work a power play, but it, and and there are other reasons it's not backstrom was not the reason that the power play was struggling. There's plenty of blame to go around there. You know, um, new head coach, new coach running the power play. They're trying to do different things. They're trying not to just make it the Alex Ovechkin show all the time. And so everybody's getting used to doing something different, but what, when they decided they were going to move backstrom off the top power play unit, that told me that they were entertaining the idea of changing his role moving forward. He started off, as the top line center didn't last very long there. Um, And so between losing his power play assignment, moving down to the third line, just the overall reduction in ice time and roll. And as you said, just the one helper in eight games to show for it. It seemed pretty clear that something was up. Um, It, I didn't think that that meant that his, you know, he was imminently stepping away from the game, but it seemed like, At minimum, he had quite a bit of rust still to shake off, but evidently it was more significant than that.
0: So you know, I I guess if there's one positive here is that uh, uh, the Capitals will save some money here. Uh, The Capitals will likely place Nicholas Nicholas Backstrom on long-term injured reserve and add his 9.2 million cap hit to their existing LTI salary pool. This will also make it more easy to uh, facilitate the activation of Max Patch ready and Joel Edmondson off LTIR when both players are ready to return. And that was something that was a bit of concern for me anyway, is how they were going to be able to juggle it. This team is very top-heavy. Some of their biggest players make the most money. And uh, they were paying Nicholas Backstrom a boatload of money to be a third line center. That is one of the things that I spoke of all summer is, is that going to be reality? And I thought they had a more viable option and Connor McMichael, and we'll talk about him in the next segment here, but just from a financial point of view uh, it, it really helps out the capitals. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. If, if there's one silver lining and I think there may be more than one, if there's one silver lining to this, this situation is that it's that by placing Nicholas Backstrom on long-term injured reserve and being able to get that nine point two million dollar a year cap cushion as long as he's there, the Capitals are now alleviated from a both a short-term and long-term financial headache that was going to really hamstring their ability to do much in the way of roster management. And now with with that extra flexibility. They have far more options in terms of what they want to do with this roster moving forward. They have the cap space to bring in somebody from the outside if they want to. If they're still committed to making a run for the Stanley Cup this year, they now have plenty of salary cap space with which to bring in somebody else. If they decide they want to use that cap space as sort of to be an intermediary to allow other teams to trade cap space in their own transactions and accumulate assets in the form of draft picks to accommodate that, they now have the space to do so. Um, You you are quite right that Nick Backstrom was the most expensive third-line center in the league as of sunset on Halloween. And it's not clear if you can really ice a Stanley Cup contending team paying a third-line center that much money. But at this point, that's where... Backstrom belonged on the depth chart just based on what he was capable of doing. So, with that removed, um, Brian McClellan and and the team's salary cap managers have got to be breathing a little bit of a sigh of, you know, a bit of a sigh of relief just on this alone, because they now have options that they did not have uh, just (laughs) earlier this morning.
0: Yeah, and it's a good thing, and I don't want to make it about money because ultimately let's just take a look at him here. Backstrom is the Capitals' all-time assist leader with 762 in his 1,033 points in 1,105 games played over 17 NHL season. He had one assist through eight games and 23 24 Ted Leonsis on him says Nicholas Backstrom is one of the pillars of our team and community we love and respect him and will continue to support him so that is the difficult part for me and I know it should never be about emotions and on this show I preach that it's all about winning but to be honest with you now that it's real I I took it pretty hard because I I was looking through some old photos that I had and people were sharing their photos and pictures of him holding the Stanley Cup. And it's hard almost to not get emotional if you're a big Capitals fan, just because you see the changing of the guard. You see that Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and, you know, John Carlson and TJ Oshie, a lot of players that have been here some longer than others, but have been here for quite some time that were integral in the Capitals winning their first ever Stanley Cup in 2018, it's a bit tough because you're starting to see the band, at least this is the first step in falling apart. Was that difficult for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I would like to say that I'm, you know, able to separate all emotion from, you know, my my analytical work, but I, I grew up in Washington, D.C. I grew up as a Capitals fan. And so this is a, a watershed moment uh, for this team and, and for fans everywhere. Um, he, he's, it really is difficult to explain just how much Nicholas Backstrom has meant to this organization, um, to the city, to the fans, um, not just in, in DC, but in his native Sweden, he he's been one of the premier playmakers in the NHL for more than a decade and a half. And it's Through no, there's no shortage of competition for that distinction either. I mean, he's he's played alongside some of the best ever play the game, and he's right up there with them in terms of his ability to to generate offense and set up guys. And there's little doubt in my mind that Alex Ovechkin probably wouldn't be nearly as close to Wayne Gretzky's goal total as he is now without the contributions of Nicholas Backstrom. And so this is a this is a really big moment for the Washington Capitals franchise, and it's difficult not to, 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 be able to just set aside all emotion because sports are inherently emotional in in the way that they bring people in, it is a community and emotion is part of that. Um, so this, that part of it is going to be very, very difficult to process moving forward. And I think, you know, even though everybody can looks at the age of guys like Backstrom and Carlson and Ovechkin and Oshie and, and we knew the writing was on the wall. This is there's an abruptness to this that I think just makes it that much harder to deal with and makes it sort of sting a little bit more than it would have if you know Backstrom had indicated later in the season that you know i'm 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 going to
0: retire at season's
1: end and was able to do a more proper farewell tour.
0: Yeah, and that was a tough thing, and it seems like he kept it to himself. Alex Ovechkin was surprised. Everyone's surprised, from what I hear, is he broke into medical staff, and then he talked to the GM and Spencer Carberry, and then he said, I want to have a meeting. So a tough thing for Capitals fans, but ultimately, at the end of the day, a tip of a hat to one heck of a Capitals player, and he will always hold a fond place in my heart as a Capitals fan. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about who will replace Nick Backstrom. We'll talk about that straight ahead. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Alex Ovechkin could score 50 goals. The Capitals could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the locked on NHL network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests sometimes if you're watching a game and you're not that into it, if you have a little bit of money on it, if you're playing fantasy hockey, it makes watching the game that much more exciting. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Caps fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks So you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for more details and locational availability. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests like Keith Leonard here tonight, so make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. So now that Nicholas Backstrom is, you know, for me, I think that this was it. I know that he kind of unofficially said that I'm stepping away from hockey, but for me, This feels like it's it. I mean, he might skate around a little bit just to test it out. But as far as I'm concerned right now, I think he played his last game of NHL hockey. So the question remains, and it's not too much of a question for me, but uh, that is what we're going to talk about in the second segment here is who is going to replace him. And the heir apparent for me, of course, if you're in every dare, you know, I talk about him. Carberry is confident in McMichael filling that center role and noted that he caught up with a 22 year old to discuss expectations for you. Does Connor McMichael seem like the heir apparent for the role of center position? I guess the third line center position is open. It might get juggled a little bit now that backstrom's out of the equation. What are your thoughts?
1: I do think that Connor McMichael is going to get first crack at this. And it's well-deserved. He, I, I think he's actually been one of the more consistent Capitals forwards throughout the early going of the season, which may not be saying much because his team has had quite a few ups and downs in the early going. But it started in preseason and it has carried over. Um, McMichael has looked really, really comfortable uh, in his top six role on the left side on the second line with Evgeny Kuznetsov. His offensive game has really uh, developed quite significantly in the last season or so. The time he spent last year in Hershey, particularly during their Calder Cup run, has served him quite well. He looks more confident. He looks more poised. Um, his playmaking ability is is getting is getting good. Uh, his shooting is still not quite where you'd like it to be, especially considering the scoring touch he displayed when he was in the major junior ranks, which was quite considerable. But there's no reason to think that that can't develop more with time and as he gets more comfortable at, at the NHL level. Um, And so, and and moreover, he was drafted as a centerman. He played center growing up. He's played center in Hershey. He wants to play it. He talked about that this summer, that he wants to to get a a shot at playing center at the NHL level. And now he has it. And so I definitely think that he is certainly first man up. He may not be the only one to get a, a, a crack at this job. Um, We have Hendricks LaPierre is up from Hershey right now, filling the void while Nick Dowd is on into reserve. But I expect that he will also get a look. Um, I I think McMichaels, it's kind of McMichaels to lose at this point in terms of in-house options. But I do think, you know, LaPierre has also worked really hard. Both of these guys have done everything that the organization has asked them to do. They've gone to the minors. They've put their head down. They've worked hard. They haven't complained and they were both instrumental in Hershey's Calder Cup run last summer, so um, I, I do think, for now at least, it's probably the Connor McMichael show. But I certainly expect Hend- Hendricks Lapierre to get some, to get at least a try before Nick Dowd returns, which may not be for another couple of games anyway. But I, I do think if McMichael is serious about becoming a center at the NHL level, now is the time. And his six, the speed and effectiveness with which he adjusts to this new role will determine will go a long way, I think, in determining whether or not the capitals use the uh, now abundant salary cap space that they have that we discussed earlier to go out and acquire someone from the outside to fill that void. I do think that that's a possibility. Um, depends on what it would take in terms of assets to get and where they could look. Uh, Jared Saray of Washington Hockey Now is uh, been writing in recent days about the Calgary Flames as a, as a potential trade partner. I, I agree with him. I actually thought over the summer, if they were looking at at options to um, to make a move, this was back when the Kuznetsov trade rumors were really running rampant. The Flames seemed like a good fit to me, so it's possible that they, the Capitals will kick the tires on whether or not an Elias Lindholm or a Nazem Kadri is available and what that might what that might cost. But um, for now, at least, I, I definitely think you know for for Thursday's game against the Islanders, you'll, you'll definitely see Connor McMichael as the third line center. Um, I'm one question I have, and, and this this is one area where they are going to miss Nick Backstrom considerably. Is how well Connor McMichael can take faceoffs because his faceoff numbers this season so far are not very good. That is, you know, it's a small sample size. Wingers don't take that many draws. But Nicholas Backstrom was winning about 52% of his draws prior to stepping away this morning, and I I do have concerns about what happens if if McMichael can't take to that quickly, and if the Capitals cannot provide someone to take some of that responsibility from him because run into puck possession issues if your third line can't win a draw. But that that's the only part of his game that makes me you know a little bit hesitant to stick with him. you know, consistently. On the other hand, he won't learn until he gets experience and maybe they just decide, you know, we've got a lot of home ice early in the early going. We can shelter his minutes a little bit more when we have that heavy home schedule. We'll just try it out for now and see how it goes. And, you know, part of the reason they brought in Spencer Carberry is because they were committed to getting younger and playing their younger guys more. This is an opportunity to demonstrate that. And I expect that's what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, and that's what I expect as well. And one of the things I spoke of for the longest time on the show is I want this to be the year for Connor McMichael, not to just give him a glimpse, try him out for a game or two and then send him down to Hershey. This is the opportunity. We always hear about this team wants to get younger and it wants to get faster. They hired a new coach who is familiar with a lot of these young players. And I think that the mandate on Spencer Carberry has changed over what it was with Peter Lobulette, where this team wants to win a Stanley cup, of course, but also to uh, bring along some of the youth, but, uh, if we take a look at it here, we see that it's going to be Connor McMichael is going to get the first crack at it. What is your uh, projection for Hendricks Lopp here, here? I guess it's going to depend on when Dowd comes back. Do you see him being on the on the big team? Do you see him getting his opportunity at the center position? Or do you think that he will get sent back down? I think that the most likely scenario is that he gets sent back
1: down once Nick Dowd returns. The, the, the one scenario that makes me, there's a possibility that lapierre plays plays well and given that mcmichael is now shifted away from you know to the center position away from the wing if the capitals are struggling in terms of their top six wingers and you know we we haven't seen a lot of production from anthony manta and tj oshi ovechkin and wilson are doing great but manta and oshi have yet to really get going if the capitals feel like you know Both McMichael and LaPierre can play center. They're filling the void fine at the center position, but we're really struggling on the wing. Maybe there's there's a chance then that they might shift McMichael back to that left wing side because he did look quite good there. I mean, he only had three points in eight games, but he he generated a fair amount of chances and he could conceivably have more points than he's got right now. That's a situation where I can see them sort of maybe – keeping them both, but switching one of them over, switching McMichael back to the wing. If they can't get Manta and Oshie going more and they just say, we need more oomph in the top six on the, on, on the flanks. But um, if that, without that scenario, I think the, the longer term interest of the franchise would be to send Lapierre down, continue to give him regular large amounts of ice time at the AHL level, with the intention of maybe bringing him up full-time next year, which is what they did with McMichael. And it worked well for McMichael last year. And I think you just, you have to balance out the short-term necessities with what's in the best interest of the franchise's long-term health. And I do think the best thing for the franchise long-term is for both McMichael and LaPierre to work out as, you know, scoring line centers and they need reps to do that. So I, I do think, you know, Lapierre is, is gonna get a taste up here while while Dowd is hurt. Once Dowd returns, most scenarios to me would point to him getting sent back down. It may not be for long, and the next time he gets called up, it may very well may very well be for good.
0: And that might be the case here. And I know that we talk about that there's going to be a change at some point in a rebuild. Uh, Most people talk about after the Ovechkin era because of all the promises that, uh, you know, like Tarek El-Bashir has spoke of that uh, that he's not going to have to play with a bunch of rookies out there. But uh, with that said, I think that it was the right time. And I think that this is a really excellent opportunity for Connor McMichael and a Hendricks here to showcase what they have all right so coming up here after the break we will talk about what is behind the capitals winning as of late and what can we expect in the games this week we'll talk about that straight ahead When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting. Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So you don't need to wade through paper applications anymore. You need Indeed. So Indeed knows what you're going through. As a business owner, you need to make every dollar count. That's why you need Indeed. You only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have requirements. So go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So sometimes when you're watching a game, say you're not that into it, if you have a little bit of money on the game, say a commander's game, it makes watching the game that much more exciting. So visit Fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode, we have Keith Leonard on the show. So in this final segment here, let's talk about the Capitals winning as of late. As we know, it was a bumpy start to the season, but it seems that they have found their groove for you. What is the biggest thing that has changed for the Capitals in the last few games versus the beginning of the season? I think they just
1: look more comfortable with what Spencer Carberry is trying to get them to do. I mean, they've spent the last few years under Peter Laviolette who has a much more sort of, you know, traditional defensive structure. It it wasn't about pushing the pace as much. And I just think that it just has taken them a while to sort of get used to what Carberry wants them to do and how he wants them to exit the zone and, and sort of what sort of forechecking they they want to do and how they want to ch- check in the neutral zone and how they want to just operate as a unit. I also think and I you know I I don't want to make excuses for them and uh but people need to remember that hockey is a game more prone to luck and random occurrences than any of the other professional sports in North America. This is a byproduct of a sport where you are tossing around a six ounce piece of vulcanized rubber on a near frictionless surface, and the players are moving around at high speeds by basically skating on shoes with knives on their feet. So there's just weird bounces. And anyone who has seen the first eight games of the Washington Capitals season will tell, can, can see just how fluky some of these bounces have been. I I count no fewer than about 12 good shots that just hit the post or the crossbar. If a third of those go in, we're looking, instead of being, you know, instead of their record, you're probably looking at a a clearly winning record and they're very much in the playoff hunt and no one's batting an eye. But I, I do think that, you know, the combination of being with a brand new coach, new verbiage, new ways of doing things, it's a fairly tough schedule early in the season, not just in the fact that, I mean, aside from the San Jose sharks and the Montreal Canadiens, everybody that the capitals played so far has basically been a playoff team. Um, and they haven't played much. And that sort of lack of, you know, playing every other day when you're just only playing a couple games in the first 10 days, and then they had four games last week, but then this week there's only two and seven. Um, you know, it's just it's hard to get going, and I think it's just it's a combination of trying to get used to new ways of doing things, weird bounces, some shots, good shots that just missed by a couple of inches. It just took took some time to getting used to, and, and moreover, um, one thing that also really stood out was it seemed like every time the Capitals made a pass in the first few games, it would explode off the player's stick or end up in some in a guy's feet, and they just weren't connecting. And that seems to have reduced in recent games. They seem to be just flowing better. Um, so, you know, how much of this is, you know, natural, just getting going in the course to start the season after a long off season, it's a much longer off season than, than they're used to. And how much of this is just weird bounces and how much of this is, you know, getting used to a new coach. I can't say, in, in, you know, what the ratio of all those things are to each other, but there've been a variety of factors that contributed to the slow start things aren't perfect. Now there's still some deficiencies to the team's game that they're going to need to continue to work on. Penalty kill has got to get better. Um, the power play seems like it's starting to come to life. Now that needs to continue. Um, and they're just overall even strength consistency uh, needs to improve. But it, it seems like they, it seems like even when they weren't winning games, they were doing some things right. It just wasn't ending up with the results that you would think. Um, You know, some of you get to look at some of these games and their their advanced metrics weren't were were fairly like they were okay. They weren't glaringly bad. It's just that they were losing. And I, I think the team was probably due for some positive regression. And it looks like that that's starting to come to fruition now.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a positive thing because to start this season, I was thinking to myself, they've got to win here sooner or later. It was such a rough start. You know, we came into the season with such promise. We got this new coach, and it seems like things were going so well in the preseason, and then it seems like the wheels fell off, but I think a lot of that was just knocking some of the old systems out. Let's talk here about Dylan Strom. Uh, When he came here from the Chicago Blackhawks, I knew he was a good player, and ultimately the Blackhawks' loss is the Capitals' gain. I knew he was good. I didn't think he was going to be this good. Uh, talk to me about Dylan and What a pleasant surprise he has been in this early season.
1: He has been one of the real finds of this, uh, of Brian McClellan and his staff in recent years. I, I mean, I remember when they signed him uh, two off seasons ago and thinking, this is a smart move because it's very little amount of money for it. It, suits, it fits everything they need. They need a guy who can fill in at center, fill in at wing, Play a top six role, has versatility, and is young. And the fact that they were able to ink him to a five year contract extension for very reasonable money um, is just has been an absolute boon to this team, especially since Backstrom has stepped away. I mean, I shudder to think about where this team would be down the middle if they didn't have Dylan Strom right now and Backstrom decided to, to step away for a while. He has, Strom has fit in perfectly with this team from day one and he, and he started out you know getting sort of middle six minutes and has worked his way up but in my mind he is clearly the best center on the team right now um his faceoff proficiency has gotten better since he's been here um he oddly is he's going for like a Cy Young like season he doesn't have any assists yet but it's not for lack of playmaking ability there's no doubt in my mind that those helpers will come and he has been just a perfect fit for this team and also just feels an absolute need to have players who are going to be around and productive for a while. So um, couldn't be more happy to have him in a caps uniform right now, especially given today's news.
0: So let's talk here about Alex Ovechkin. I know that he is getting shots on goal, something that eluded him for a few games there earlier in the season. He's getting shots on net, but he's not finding the back of the net, and from watching the game, it seems like he's overthinking it, or choking up on the stick, or gripping it too tight. Why do you think that Alex Ovechkin has been so snake bitten uh, to start the season here, as far as goal production is concerned? Um, I think there's there's a couple of ways to skin this cat.
1: Um, one is, you know, even though he's an incredible goal scorer, even incredible goal scorers are just going to go through various droughts for inexplicable reasons it's possible that this is just one of those times that he's he's trying' it's, they're just they're the, the rubber's not going in um I I do think he he may it is possible that this hype around chasing Gretzky is just going to sort of ebb and flow in his mind at times it's possible that that's sort of been on his mind he also didn't play a whole lot in the preseason and so maybe this is just you know, getting timing, trying to get timing figured out again and shaking rust off. Um, to me, his shot looks, it, it looks like when he gets the one-timer, he's not, the release looks fine. It just doesn't look like it's its launching with the same velocity than it used to. And you mentioned the stick. He's changed sticks over in, in the off season. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe... He's having a little buyer's remorse. Maybe he's just having difficulty getting used to this new twig. Um, I, I, I'm sure it's the same curve and everything, but, you know, there's maybe some s- subtle difference that's making it more difficult for him. Um, the good news is that, you know, the the effort is there. He's getting the shots on goal. He's getting his opportunities. Um, I do think the the Pucks are going to start going in more regularly. The, the lack of an even strength goal at this point is a little disconcerting. But if you keep doing the right things, and this has sort of been the mantra that the coaches have been saying, you know, early on in the season when the team wasn't winning and people were sort of tearing their hair out, if we just keep doing the right things, things will start going our way. I think that same logic applies to Ovechkin right now. I do think the goals are going to start to come. I am not sure that we're going to get, you know, the 45, 50 goal seasons that Caps fans are used to seeing from him. I mean, he's 38 now. He's got a lot of miles uh, on those legs. And so, I i mean, at some de- degree of slowdown is is bound to happen. But I do think they're going to start going in. I think he's, he's doing what he needs to do. It's just been kind of just an anomaly. And I can't point to anything, I mean, unless he's nursing some kind of an injury that is not disclosed. I can't point to anything in particular that makes me think that this is going to be an enduring problem.
0: So do you think he has what it takes to catch Gretzky? I do. I, um, I, I mean, there,
1: there are all sorts of caveats to this, but um, I think given the amount of goals that he has left just, and and recognizing that he's not going to be able to score goals at, at his historic average as he ages, but he's going to get every opportunity to do so. He's got the rest of this season. He's got two years left on his contract. I think he's going to play until he breaks the record, to be honest, as long as he's feeling it. The wild card really is, is you know, a knock on wood is an injury. Um, if he can stay healthy, I, think it's a, I still think it's a matter of when, not if, but um, some more even strength goal production would certainly help his cause right now.
0: And that's what we're hoping for, because I don't want him overthinking it. I want him to catch Gretzky and pass Gretzky at the end of the day. Listen, Keith, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? You can find me uh, at rotowire.com,
1: along with uh, plenty of other great fantasy sports analysts, writers, and experts. Um, We've got all the coverage people need for the fantasy hockey season, fantasy basketball, Everybody's in the throes of fantasy football bye weeks if you're not sure who to replace your your running back your wide receiver with we've got you covered and uh, you can find us all there at brodowire.com
0: All right, Keith, thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And are you a fan of other D.C. sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Commanders, Wizards. So no matter what major D.C. sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.